Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. He's a dude, you know what I'm saying? Nicole and Jamal. For the Warriors, what does a successful season look like? Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic, that's your starting front line. I'd say that they have very expensive taste. You're listening to the Chicken Nuggets Podcast. For real. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets Grilled Edition. Today and this week, our guest is pretty awesome because I know for a fact that there is a fan club out there for our guest for today's show, Taylor Vincek, uh, producer and editor for Altitude, cam- famous camera lady. What's up, Taylor? How are you? I'm good. How are you? That was a fantastic intro. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, on the Chicken Nuggets Grilled, we like to get a little bit of history and background on where you all, where it all started for you. And funny enough, it's a small world because I don't know if I liked something on your page or something, but then I became friends with one of your friends from Alaska. Oh, no way. Who lives in like SF now. And I was out there last weekend and I was like, we were trying to find a time to meet up or something, but it didn't work out. But it's just such a small world, especially in the sports community when you're a girl, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. So born and raised in Alaska, how'd you make it to CSU? Yep, born and raised in Alaska. Um, I knew I wanted to go to college, like, you know, out of town, out of the state, um, you know, just to have the college experience. And I felt like Colorado was, you know, somewhat similar to Alaska and, um, you know, with an importance on like outdoors and, um, you know, just a green state and, you know, lots of trees and lots of hiking and lots of all that. So. Um, I picked CSU and um, yeah, and the rest is history. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we're so glad you made it out here. Did you always know that you wanted to do broadcast journalism and kind of work in the sports field or kind of take us through your journey at CSU and what what brought you along to now being with the Nuggets? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. Um, It's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, growing up in Alaska, you know, you don't have a sports team that you're um, you know, indoctrinated into and um, that you're born loving. And so um, I was a Supersonics fan. Um, <laughs> you know, Seattle is just, that's kind of our closest market. And so, you know, Mariners, Supersonics, Seahawks, like that was, that was kind of the jam growing up. But um, I didn't actually always know that I wanted to be in sports broadcasting. Um, I actually like went to college um, to be, um, I wanted to wear like a white lab coat. I wanted to like be a biologist of some sort and like, you know, be outside and like testing dirt, like, you know, all that weird stuff. And um, I couldn't pass chemistry. Chemistry was, I was a tough one for me. And I was like, why am I working so hard at something that I'm just not, it doesn't click for me. And I'm, you know, I was like, what's one thing I love? Um, And I've always loved photography and I've always loved writing. And Um, so I took some journalism classes and ended up taking one video editing course. And I attribute all of my success to Jamie Switzer at CSU. And, um, I took one of her video editing classes and I just 
it clicked and I just fell in love. And so just kind of took that route from there. That's awesome. Like, I mean, I could totally see you being a biologist. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I'm so glad that you did take the route you did and got into sports. And I'll have to check out her work because <laughs> amazing class you took. Video editing is not easy. You brought Nuggets fans some of the like some of their favorite videos, especially from your time in the bubble, the 3-0, you know, down 3-0 double <laughs> run. Um, was that the most incredible experience you've had in sports so far or that you've got any chance to like film in sports so far or yeah, what's the charts for you? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, it was kind of crazy, you know, going down there, not really knowing uh, when, you know, you'd come back, you know, it's the whole, well, you could be, I think the earliest you could have left was after 56 days. And then the longest you would be there would be like 110 or something along those lines, you know, if you made it to the championships and, um, you know, it was just like, well, I mean, I'm going to be there for as long as the Nuggets decide they want to be there. Um, so that was a hard one, you know, because you're going to miss holidays, you're going to miss birthdays, you're going to miss, um, family events. And, um, but it was also really worth it because, um, I feel like my relationship with the team, like got better from it because, you know, they kind of saw like, all right, like, you know, she's in it to win it. Like she's, you know, she's here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I met amazing people. I met a lot of, um, I met a lot of great girls, um, that work for other teams. And so that was really neat, you know, just to like see other women in sports, you know, doing that. And, um, yeah, the bubble was a crazy experience. Um, but I would definitely chalk it up to positive. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, I know like covering baseball, I miss so many holidays or my parents were at the stadium for that holiday, Mother's Day. Yeah. And you're, and you're not even like, you're not even like in a bubble, I guess just the MLB. Yeah. That's the MLB. So I know that it, it's, it's tough when you're like always working during these holidays and that happens to be how sports kind of works. They play games on holidays, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, all of those holidays have sports kind of attached to it in our culture. So, but I am interested to know, like, what was the bubble like? What did you do day to day? How was the food? You know, what, what was the coolest things that you got to do while you're there? Yeah, the bubble, uh, how, do, how do you, even, I, honestly, like I forgot a lot of things because <laughs> it was just like all of this pressure. And then I was just like, I just like blacked everything out. <laughs> um, I was lucky because, um, you know, with work and stuff, when you're pushing out daily content, like I was busy a lot, um, you know, so a lot of the downtime that the guys had, um, you know, like to just like go back to their room or like watch Netflix or, you know, do stuff like that. Um, a lot of that, like I was actually working. Um, so it's kind of a blessing in disguise, you know, it's like definitely a really good distraction. And, um, but in terms of like, what, like what I did, um, I mean, it was really just like, if there wasn't a game, there was practice, but that was only for like, you know, a couple hours of your day, game days, obviously longer, but, um, you know, you'd go outside and you'd bike around the premises, <laughs> and, um, you know, there was fishing poles that you could rent um but yeah I mean for the most part we were just like always on the resort grounds and so you kind of run out of things to do after like a couple weeks <laughs> yeah yeah I can imagine because I mean what else is there to do when you're stuck on in one location after so long you try everything was there mm -hmm. a, was there a food like an uber eats that you you were go to every night yeah so we actually weren't allowed to uber eats um 
yeah yeah it was um kind of nuts when you think about it because like you know uh, with the Disney staff I mean the Disney staff they were incredible um and really just thrown into a situation and they you know did really well with it but um we couldn't Uber Eats because like, you know, things would be coming from the outside. And um, so we were really just like very dependent on like the food schedule with, um, with Disney. And um, it got, it got a little old after a while, <laughs> but like, you know, first and foremost, you know, you're just so grateful to the people that, you know, I mean, they're not a part of a basketball team. They're not, you know, but they're stuck with us. And, you know, so it's just like um, the food was, it was all right. It just, it wasn't great. <laughs> wasn't your favorite meals. I could have swore they allowed, they were saying like, oh yeah, people will still be allowed to Uber eat food in, but you can't go get the food. Or, or yeah. You know, the interesting, the interesting part was the NHL bubble could do um, Uber Eats. And I actually take that back. We couldn't Uber Eats, but there was like six restaurants um, that were like approved that we could um go to and they were like steakhouses and stuff like that it wasn't like you know you can just like order a sandwich or like get something easy it was like a very involved like you know three or four course meal and at that point I'm just like oh you know what? I'm just gonna grab my 20th peanut butter and jelly sandwich but pb and j kept you alive in the bubble. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well it's it sounds like it was a crazy experience uh obviously no one really expected the Nuggets to come back from the first series being down 3-0 against Utah. And, you know, definitely no one thought they'd go down 3-0 against the Clippers and actually come back from that. What was it like being in those huddles and being on those sidelines and kind of getting to experience that experience with the team uh, just emotionally? And who was really who stood out to you as like a leader because you get to film these guys more than we do we get to even we see what you let us yeah. <laughs> um yeah with them with them being down that was that was a tough one because you know you're with these guys every single day and like their success is your success you know their happiness is your happiness but like you know their sadness is also your sadness and so I wouldn't say the guys are necessarily sad but like you know the mood was you know people were a little down, but, um, I think, I think something that is just like the coolest thing that I ever, um, got to see was like those, um, those film sessions where I wasn't actually in them, but like, I could just hear, you know, what coaches were talking about and it would be, it would never be like, this is your fault or like, you didn't do this or like, you need to be better at this. It was like, it was, it was, this is how we're going to fix this. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna be okay. Like, you know, these are the little things that we need to do better. And like, it was just like super positive. And I think it's really easy to get down, you know, when you're down three, one, and you're just like, you know, there's so many opportunities to, you know, just be down on yourself, but they were, they were really resilient. And so that was definitely like really cool to see. Yeah. So was there someone in particular, like, is it Michael Malone that we attribute like the ability for this team to really get through those two series down 3-0 I feel like there has to be a voice in the locker room that they're listening to or or even a heartbeat that they're following and I always think and I think most fans would would agree Jamal's the heartbeat Jokic is the mind the brain you know the, the, the thoughts the positive thinking and Malone is just like the guy running the engine like pushing everybody is that a 
poor conception of the team or what do you think? No, I mean, I think you guys are, I think you guys are spot on. Um, I think it, I've only, I've only been with the team for, I think this is my fourth season. Um, so it's been cool for me to see kind of like the evolution of some of these guys. Um, one thing I think is like, um, it's been really neat to see Nicola um, kind of like come in and just mature and, um, you know, he's, he's vocal um, and, you know, he's, he's obviously is just like the most amazing basketball player in the world. And just to watch him and that, you know, evolution of him has been amazing. Um, but yeah. And I also think about, you know, like Paul Millsap um, in the, in those bubble situations where he was just like, whenever Paul was around, I just felt calm. And like, you know, he was like, he's just that comfort of, you know, this all knowing source of basketball knowledge and, um, but yeah, I think you guys are spot on with, you know, Jamal being the heartbeat, Nicole being the mind and, um, you know, Coach Malone just like, you know, being that driving force as well, so. Yeah. Well, it's awesome that you've got to be there kind of for Malone's development and changes as a coach over several playoffs now. He's only improved numbers wise. We can't really criticize the guy. His wins improve year after year. He's constantly getting them to the playoffs. Um, What's your experience been with Coach Malone? Have you ever, have you gotten to have like any kind of conversation with him that, what can you tell us about his character and kind of what kind of guy he is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have nothing um, but, you know, amazing things to say about Coach Malone. He's something I really respect about him is like, um, you don't necessarily have to have um, videographers in your practices and your, in your huddles and your locker rooms. Um, you don't, not all coaches necessarily allow that. And um, coach just is, he's come to a point, I think, where he trusts that, you know, the people around him um, and like his videographers, like nothing, you know, we would never put anything, you know, bad out there or, um, but honestly, even if he gave us the opportunity to put something bad out there, there isn't anything bad because he's just, he's just so positive and, um, he's just so passionate too, you know, it's, it's really, it's really awesome to watch. And, um, yeah, he's just, I mean, he's such a incredible basketball mind. So it's been, you know, I played basketball in high school and I've always loved basketball. Um, but it, I feel like I've just learned so much about the sport just be, by being around him and, um, like his love for the game is just like out of this world. So it's, that's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely shows over the course of the few years we've gotten to have him here in Denver, how much he loves this game and how dedicated he is to this group of guys. And obviously getting through those two series last season in the bubble and now facing Portland once again, this this playoffs. Actually, Taylor's joining us from Portland. Just <laughs> I feel like I live in Portland part-time. I've been here so often. Yeah, there's been a lot of series against this Portland team. Um, you've been on the sidelines for this series and for 2019 series against Portland. And this series has really gotten heated up with Carmelo Anthony. That The mellow vibe, I don't know, is like starting <laughs> well or, or get bigger and bigger each night. Have you seen anything from sideline? You know, could you give us any insight on What's been going on between those guys? I know I see Monte chirping and Melo chirping back and Dame going in, he grabs Monte, kind of leans into Monte, so he moves away from him. 
what have you seen sideline? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's the nature of the playoffs, you know, is just doesn't matter who's on the court, like your opponent is your opponent. And like, there is, yeah, they're going to be chippy and they're going to be chirping at each other. And, um, but, you know, I'm not, I don't think I've, I, I think the fan relationship with Melo and the player relationship with Melo is probably a lot different. Um, I mean, the, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a player, so it's just like, I, I don't really know what they're thinking, but um yeah, I'm trying to think of like anything that I've seen on the sidelines. Um, there, uh, one thing that was like that happened in the bubble that I'm kind of noticing now more because of the bubble is like how much players talk to refs. Um, because when you're in the bubble, it was like there's no fans, so like you could hear everything. And I guess I didn't realize like how the players and the refs, how much of a relationship they have in terms of like, you know, how much they talk. Um, so that's something that kind of like, um, surprise me but um yeah other than that I think it's just like just pure competition just like pure like you know we want to we want to get to that you know for four games and like um yeah so just lots of energy out there <laughs> yeah. did anybody get booed from the Nuggets in Portland for game three? Oh yeah I mean like um I mean the whole team got booed you know like when uh you know the starting five is coming out and um i'm trying to think of like anybody in particular um i think there's just a lot of booing in general so yeah everybody got booed <laughs> yeah well you've gotten a chance to go to a lot of places not just portland although it's been a lot <laughs> um what stadium for you like stands out as like an incredible place to play just because of the atmosphere of the fans the crowd who's the loudest mm -hmm. um well i think the coolest that I've arena I've ever been to is obviously the garden. I mean, it's just like, that's just the, that's just like the crux of basketball. I feel like, you know, or any event really. Um, and um, the, I think the, the craziest fans, the loudest fans are honestly in Utah. Um, I don't know if that's the way the arena is built because it feels like very um, straight up and down as opposed to like, you know, more rounded out I don't know if that's something to do with the sound or if Utah fans are really just that crazy um yeah it's, they're always so loud there um but yeah I would definitely say the garden is like a bucket list item for me but yeah yeah that's awesome I can't even imagine how much like awesome basketball you've gotten to watch and crazy athletic thing movements you've gotten to watch one of the things that happens all the time to photographers and videographers on the floor is they're always getting run into and hit by basketballs or by players. Have you ever been injured by an NBA player? <laughs> I, oh gosh, knock on wood. I have never actually been injured. I've never been run into. Um, there was one time where I was in, where were we? We were in LA and um, I was walking backwards. I was like, filming players walking into the arena and somebody had parked a cart, like one of those like uh, luggage carts, like right in my walking path that wasn't there the first time. And I hit it and it hit the back of my knees and I fell backwards. <laughs> and I like caught my camera and I was filming actually Gary Harris at the time. And he never let me forget that. So that's the only time I've actually been injured while working. <laughs> well, we will knock on wood for you because we don't want but I mean, there are, I, I feel like maybe that was like a 90s thing or something. Like when I was growing up, that was always on the blooper reel, like different cameramen getting run over and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah, no. and now we're a little bit more spread out, you know, with like COVID protocols and like there's there's less of us there, but um, like all of our still photographers for the most part are like up in the stands, which is, you know, a bummer. Um, but uh, yeah, it doesn't happen as often, but I'm sure it still happens to some people, so. Yeah. We've talked a lot about uh, your bubble experience. Was there anything that happened in the bubble that was not caught on camera that Nuggets fans should know about? Oh man, I should have I should have thought of this like prior because I feel like there's got to be things. Um, Nuggets fans should know. Um, Coach Malone is really good at um, cornhole. Oh, like really good. Um, I pride myself on my cornhole, um, ability and my cornhole skills. I've spent a lot of time cultivating those. Um, but I was pretty blown away. I mean, the man is just an athlete. Um, what else? Oh, there was this other thing. I mean, um, we had a bus driver named Tom and he was like the sweetest man you've ever met. And, um, you know, when, when you're down three, one, and it's like, you know, the mood's a little bit more somber, a little more quiet, um, we would get on the bus and Tom would be like, Hey, Nuggets, this is your bus driver, Tom. I'm like, yes, Tom, we know who it is. And he'd be like, this is, you got him right where you want him. And you're going to go out and you're going to get a victory and blah, blah, blah. And like, everyone would just kind of look at each other. Like, is this for real? But like, it was just the most wholesome, just like adorable thing in the world. Um, and he was right. Yes, and he was right. So, you know, honestly, maybe we should be, you know, thanking Tom um, for those, you know, those bus uh, pregame speeches. Um, and then, um, what else? What about um, like Wancho and, and Yogi's relationship? You got to see that kind of develop when they were together and now they're apart, uh, separated. You know, it's funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're separated now, but... Um, What's the, like, what friendships really are there on the team that, that you notice and just kind of how they hang out and stuff? What are the guys like to do? Yeah. Um, well, it was really cool. Like when we were in the bubble, um, like Jokic, you know, was like hanging out with like, you know, you know, other, um, European players and like guys from like Croatia, Serbia, Slovenia. Um, so that's cool to see like their, you know, their relationship is really neat and, um who else like uh i mean there's just uh, you know it's like i can't talk about other teams because i've never been around them or been on other teams um but i can honestly say that like they're everybody's friends like everybody i've i've heard people describe the locker room as like kind of like a college atmosphere you know where it's just like um guys are just happy to be there and like there is no superstar that like you know sucks all the air out of the room and like makes everything about them um I think one thing that like Nuggets fans can be really proud of is like you're not just like rooting for like you know your hometown team or like you know Denver is you know a whole like your players are just like the most incredible human beings they treat your videographers your photographers your you know the the catering staff for, you know for food like they just treat everyone really well and they're just amazing human beings. So um, I'm not sure how every other team is, but um, our team is just, it, there's something special for sure. Yeah.
yeah, I think that, that, that a lot of people would say that about the team just because you hear all the time about, oh, maybe the Clippers don't like each other. Maybe these two guys on this team don't really get along. Mm-hmm. And, and while that's become less valued in this kind of analytical age of basketball, we know, those of us who have played, we know how important it is for you as a team to get along. It's so important, especially the people who have the ball in their hands the most, because even though it was high school basketball when it happened to me, if your point guard doesn't want to pass you the ball, you're not going to score, right? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and I think there's a reason why, um, you know, the Nuggets are, you know, knock on wood, doing well, you know, right now. And they don't even have Jamal Murray, you know, P.J. Dozier or Will Barton, you know, some of their, you know, their top players, you know, and it's like um, these guys are working together. I mean, like, um, you know, Shaq Harrison and Marcus Howard are playing alongside Nikola Jokic and Damian Lillard, and it's working. And I mean, they're great, you know, they're great players and they're amazing athletes. Um, but also, I mean, who would have ever thought, you know, and this is where we are and, and so far it's working. So um, I think that is really a testament, you know, to their character for sure. Right. Yeah. Like Shaq Harrison isn't supposed to be playing and doing well against Dame. He's supposed mm-hmm. to play against Dame. Sure, he could be in the league, but he's not supposed to be in the playoffs guarding Dame and holding him to 10 points in the second half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's been awesome to watch them play. You mentioned Jamal Murray and PJ being out. How hard was it to be there for that Jamal Murray injury? What was that? Yeah, so I actually, so during COVID, um, we can only travel one videographer. Um, and so me and my boss, uh, Bob Nikolai, we, him and I switch on and off, um, with road games. So I actually wasn't there. Um, but he was telling me about it and just like how it happened on the other end of the court for him. Um, and like, it just, apparently, you know, what he said was just like, it was just silent in there. Like you could hear a pin drop, like one of those injuries where it's just like the second he hits the ground you know, it's not just like, you know, a bump or a bruise, like he was really hurt. And so um, just from everything I've been told, like it was just, you know, the second it happened, you knew. Yeah. Yeah. That's what kind of everybody who was there said that it was so obvious. Um, How hard is it to, to be on the other side of the court and follow the action of the ball with the camera? Yeah. Um, I actually was just talking to my mom about this. Um, Sometimes like when I'm shooting, like, you know, it's just another day at work and I'm shooting basketball and, you know, and then I'll put my camera down and I'm editing my clips to send out to, you know, the digital department. And then I look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm watching basketball. Like I'm watching playoff basketball. (laughs) And sometimes I forget that, you know, when I'm shooting on my camera because, you know, it's, I'm worried about my focus, my following the action, you know, I'm looking for the next, you know, thing to shoot. But like when I'm on my computer and I look up and I'm like, wow, like sometimes I'll let myself relax and I'll watch like a play or two. And I'm just like, this is really neat. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so yeah, but when I'm, you know, when I've got my camera, it's, I'm just focused on the ball and stuff. So yeah, well, I got to say TNT overtime, which you can catch some of their games via NBA TV for free. Mm-hmm. Your cameras are never on the ball. Like <laughs> four different camera options and it'll either follow like one is to follow the ball on the for one team the other is to follow the ball for the other team then they're each backboard or mm-hmm. you can mosaic and watch all four and mm-hmm. really you have to do a mosaic to be able to know where the ball is because they'll just follow like whoever the star player for each team is 
and the ball's not always in their hands. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this never would happen to take this. Would <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my God, because it's not follow the ball. So TNT overtime, I continue to, sh- to shout them out because I'm like, I don't need to get some new camera people or check cameras because <laughs> just set them up and they're like, they don't even check after that because it's really zoomed in. You can't, you know, I can't, I can't watch games on there. <laughs> games. And if that's the only option, sometimes that is the only way to watch a Nuggets game. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And I, you know, it's like, I don't really watch games on TV because <laughs> I'm usually working. Um, but yeah, my mom has complained about some of those things too. Just like my mom would be like, Taylor, I wish that you were working for TNT. And I'd be like, oh, thanks mom. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what are your plans as far as obviously you're not going to tell us exactly, but you've been with the Nuggets for four years. Is this the ceiling for you? Is this kind of your, have your goals been met or do you have aspirations beyond the Nuggets and beyond working at a team level? Yeah. I mean, um, people used to ask me, you know, like what's your dream job? And, um, you know, I would say like my dream job is to like work in the NBA. Um, and so I'm really happy with um, the work that I get to do and where I'm at and I every season you know I'm learning more and I'm getting better and um, that's been a great opportunity Um, I think at some point you know I'd like to do documentary work that's something that like I've always been really interested in and we did uh, this um, the documentary the 83 days um, Mm -hmm. from the bubble and I didn't get to edit it um, but I like all of everything I shot you know was um, is in it and so it was just a really cool experience to see like all my hard work, you know, kind of get put into something. And um, I just, I really like that feeling of like, you know, working on something really hard and then just kind of like sitting back and like, you know, being able to see everything that you did. Um, So yeah, I definitely think like documentary work is in my future at some point, but for now I'm, I'm really happy with the Nuggets and they treat me amazing. And I really feel like, you know, part of the team and um, they're really respectful. And I just really think that there's like no, there's just no better situation right now. So I'm, I'm happy here. Yeah. Well, I think everyone hopes you're happy here because you do have a fan club on, <laughs> on social media. Thank you. <laughs> Love the edits that you put out for them. Uh, was there one shot that was used in that 83 days documentary that you were just like, that was an awesome shot. I <laughs> Oh, thanks. Um, one shot that I was oh gosh um there was I'm not proud I'm not like happy about it but um we were doing like a pregame thing for altitude and it was like you know show us your hotel room and like show us like you know what you're seeing every day and like I had my camera and like I went into the bathroom and then I was like there was my mirror right there and I was like oh hey like and I waved and I looked like a freaking idiot and they actually use it on tv so that was embarrassing um exactly like an idiot. <laughs> Where the fandom, like the fans got involved and now they know who you are. You are. They know your face. Yeah. And you know, I really got to shout out Katie Wingy because um she'll like tag me in a photo that I've taken of her, or she is at the point now where like she recognizes like my shots and my work. Um and so like she'll tag me in like on Twitter. And um, the only reason why I have followers, I feel like, is because of Katie Wingy <laughs> and my sister. My sister's also, she is my biggest fan. So um, I am where I am because of Katie Wingy and my sister. <laughs> and a lot of hard work. And a lot of- <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Hard work. 
yeah, you know, 83 days in the bubble. That's <laughs> okay. But yes, shout out to Katie for, for always posting and tagging you. And I'm so glad that we even got a chance to hang out a couple times. It yeah, absolutely. Get to know each other better. My final question for you, Taylor, is kind of less basketball related and more we're women related. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, I know that for myself, working in uh, the sports industry is hard. Day, day in and day out, there are challenging situations, whether it be somebody not respecting you because you're a woman or somebody not giving you the same sort of, uh, yeah, I get the same sort of clout that they would give mm-hmm. a man or the same sort of, have the same sort of expectations they would have with a man. And I, I just am interested to know, you know, how has it been being a woman working in the NBA? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, if for anyone who knows me, like personally, like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, pretty go with the flow, easygoing. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm like, you know, combative or like, I'm really like in your face and stuff, but like sometimes, like, that's one thing I've had to learn is like, you really have to stand up for yourself. And like, that's uncomfortable for a lot of us, you know, and, um, you know, women in general, or, you know, we're expected to, you know, have a smile on your face and not be combative and all that stuff. But, um, you know, sometimes like you have to demand for things you want and like, um, you have to have that confidence or you have to find that confidence because I did not have it at the beginning. And, you know, you just like, look, I know what I'm worth. And like, um, I'm just as important as any of these other, you know, male photographers around me. And um, this is something that I deserve. Um, so that was always something that was difficult for me, but like, I finally found my voice, I feel like. Um, and then another thing is like finding other women, you know, that do what we do or, you know, that have these same passions and like, um, and just kind of surrounding yourself with, you know, those people. Um, I know, like here in Portland, um, Amara is um, their social media man, or she works in their social media. She's like their manager and stuff. And um, when I was in the bubble, like, you know, I kind of sought her out and I was like, look, I know this is weird that I'm reaching out to you over, you know, Instagram, but like we work, you know, in the same field and like, you know, I want to get to know you. And, um, and now whenever I come to Portland, like she's my favorite part of coming here. And, um, you know, just like, you know, surrounding yourself with, you know, that positive energy and those great you know, relationships and stuff and just like lifting other women up is I think really important. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. I think it's been fun to watch kind of the Nuggets organization as well, add more women year after year, mm-hmm. who the people that they're, you know, that are covering the team and, and the people who are working with the team. We had uh, Sichi who was doing the mm-hmm. Co- or Mandarin, Mm-hmm. for the Nuggets last year I think she's with the Nets now doing like social- yeah yeah and she's killing it over there yeah she is she did some awesome Chinese New Year graphics that I love for the NBA um and then you and then there was Kendra and then there is Katie and you and me and mm-hmm. we have like a diverse group of women who come and cover games for the Nuggets or who participate in the coverage that Nuggets fans receive and so I think that that's really fun it's been a good part, a fun part for me because there was a point when all my friends were boys because 
I did love sports that much. And I was so ingrained in sports. And I was like, no, like recess is all about who's going to win this football game, (laughs) this basketball game. That's awesome. And so it was like, I was always like, I wonder if I'll ever meet another girl who likes sports like this. And it's so much power in getting a chance to talk to other women who work in the field to hear like, oh, these aren't your only experiences or these aren't experiences that are unique to me. Other women have gone through them. And so I can ask them and rely on them for support. So I completely agree with you there. Has there, has there ever been any tough situations for you? Um, you know, honestly, I get asked this question a lot and I've talked to other women on other teams and I've heard things, you know, that would make you blush. And I mean, you know, not even to like come out with like some sort of like PR approved statement or anything, but like, I can honestly say that like, I have never once like felt uncomfortable. I've never once felt undervalued. Um, I've never once, you know, felt like I was anything less because I was a girl, um, you know, by working for the Nuggets. I mean, um, we talk about Tim Connolly a lot and like how he drafts and like, he's just got this crazy basketball mind where like he finds these pieces that you wouldn't necessarily put together. Um, but like, you know, they just work. Um, and I think that's something that's pretty crazy is like, he drafts, like he picks these guys that are just incredible human beings. Like they're just like really good people. I think first and foremost is really important, um, to this organization. And, um, I mean, and so like, I get to see it firsthand because, you know, nothing I've never felt, I've never felt like unsafe or uncomfortable or disrespected, you know, ever working with the Nuggets. And I've felt that way in a lot of other situations, you know, working other jobs. Um, And so like, I feel I'm super blessed and like, um, I don't take it for granted because that has happened to me other places. Um, and it's happened to a lot of us. Um, I'm sure things have happened to you, you know, where it's just like, you're putting up with things that like no guy has had to put up with or, um, and it's really frustrating. And so like, it's just like such a a breath of fresh air, like getting to work with the nuggets for sure. Yeah. I honestly, I've said the same thing to a lot of, when I get asked that question, Mm -hmm. there have been situations I've been in where that felt uncomfortable or where as the woman I felt like oh would I will I lose my job if I say something about this right sucks Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never felt that way with the Nuggets or anyone in the Nuggets organization you know their PR staff has been so accommodating and so helpful they really do try to get as many people as they can into the games and and get as much coverage in as many languages as you can see right right guys from Serbia covering for Nicola and you get guys from Argentina and mm-hmm. and like Ecuador all kinds of places we have a really diverse team and it's just I, I agree in the sense that I wonder if Tim Conley one of the highest things on his list is just that character aspect because none of the guys have ever done something you know where that you would feel uncomfortable and so mm-hmm. It is nice to be with their organization. It makes me nervous. Like, what happens if I get a job somewhere else? Is it going to be? Yeah, I've thought the same thing at times where it's just like, man, I mean, do I really even know how lucky I am right now? Or, um, you know, and I I really do think the league is moving, and sports in general, I feel like is moving in a better direction for women. And 
um, there's just a lot of transparency out there now, you know, with Twitter and, you know, people calling people out like, hey, look, this is not okay. Like, you know, yeah. you know, especially the NBA, like, you know, this league is a league for everyone. So um, I think it's cool that, you know, that's changing for us. And like, we have so many women ahead of us, you know, to thank for all of their hard work and like everything that we've been through, like they've been through tenfold, you know, so it's just like, um, yeah. So I just think that's one of the most important things about being a woman in sports is like lifting other women up and like finding these opportunities like this to talk and like, you know, share your experiences and all that. And yeah, it's, I think we're, we're on the right trajectory. Yeah. Any advice for women who want to do what you do? Ah, oh, my advice. Um, I wish I would take my own advice, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, one thing I want to say is just like, know that like you're important and like your worth, your work, like know your worth. And um, as women, like we, you know, we bring an entirely different, you know, look to our coverage. Um, you know, we write differently, we think differently, we shoot differently. Um, and I just think like, if you're, a, if you're a true fan of this sport and a true fan of this game, um, that you would welcome uh, coverage by women. You would welcome, um, you know, a different perspective. And um, that's what like really bothers me. Like, you know, people on Twitter and, and you know, all these people are, you know, you know, all these people that don't really even have real faces um, and they're talking, they're talking smack about women in sports. And it's like, if you were a true fan of this sport, like, you know, you wouldn't say these things. And, um, yeah, I just think for up and coming, you know, women that want to get into sports journalism, it's like, just, just know that you belong. So. Yeah. Well, it's been great getting a chance to catch up with you and I can't wait for everyone to hear your interview so that they can know you more and so that your fan club can increase. Oh, geez. <laughs> Free to come back anytime to the chicken nuggets. We love hearing your perspective on sports. And like you said, it's a unique one which is why we try to always have women on this podcast because that their voices aren't heard often and they do have good perspective on the game and, and on this team. Like some could say you have a more unique and individual perspective than almost anyone else who gets to work with the team aside from your boss. So like you guys get to see the team through a very, very close lens. And that's important that people and fans get to hear your guys's perspective and we get to see your work. So I love it. We all love it. You have, you know, a lot of people love the work that you do. And I just am so glad you got to come on today, Taylor. So oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Before you go, game four, who you got? Oh, nuggets all the way, baby. <laughs> You've experienced it enough. You already know. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love the way they're playing right now. So, you know, hopefully they can keep it up. So. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend in Portland, and we'll see you back in Denver for games. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>